You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour today. uh, The show right before us, I'm sure our listeners didn't hear the show before, but uh, David and his guest had a young lady on the show, and I was remarking to him during the break that I have a young lady on the show today, too. And so welcome, Amanda Allred. Thank you, Kurt. It's so great of you to join me today. Um, as they as they were talking, Amanda, I, I'm sure you could probably hear them conversing as well. And I was thinking about they were talking about boomers, and then there's there's Gen X. Was there a Gen Y, or did we go directly from Gen Xers to millennials? I don't know. I think we went straight to millennials. Uh, yeah, I think so. But I'm I'm think I was sitting here thinking I can't be old enough to have lived through three different groups <laughs> of people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess that's I guess that's the way it is. Um, yeah. I do want to start the show. Actually, I don't want to do this, but but I feel compelled to do it because a lot of our listeners uh, know many of the people who are involved in, in NSPS and NSPS leadership, and uh, among those people who've been so so great and diligent in their service over the years is John Finn, our past president, one of our past presidents from Michigan, quite a few past presidents from Michigan. And uh, I don't know if you got the word about this or not, Amanda, but sadly, John's wife passed away yesterday morning very suddenly. So our our hearts and prayers are out to John and his family. And Lynn was a great friend of of NSPS, too. She was so uh, faithful in accompanying John to meetings, and she just was a was a great lady, and, and we'll we'll certainly miss her. So uh, I'm not sure where to start because there's so many things going on, and and I don't know. I do want, I want to talk about the New Mexico State thing, and we can get into that later. And maybe you know some about it, how the meeting went on Friday. I don't know anything, but uh, to begin with, maybe we should start with an introduction for you and let people know about uh, your background and how you've gotten involved not only in the profession but in the leadership in the profession, both in the state and the regional and the national level? Yeah, um, I grew up in a really small town in New Mexico, Glenwood, New Mexico, and um, went to high school in a really small town, too. We had 21 people in my graduating class, and my dad was a, well, he still is a real estate agent in the southwest part of the state, and he always had trouble getting surveys done, and I actually started in the civil engineering program at New Mexico State, but decided to switch over to land surveying because he assured me that I'd never had any trouble finding a job, and that was, that's absolutely been the truth for my whole career. It's almost 20 years now. And, um, and after I attended New Mexico State for a year, and then I had the opportunity to work with the BLM in Alaska, and so I came up to Alaska and um, worked here for two years and actually attended the University of Alaska at Anchorage and got a degree in geomatics. And then after three years, I returned to New Mexico and finished up my bachelor's at New Mexico State University. So I've worked in the BLM office, and I've run my own business, and I've actually I worked for the state of Alaska for a while, so I've kind of been all over the board. I worked for an engineering company for a while, so it's always I've always liked the... The challenge of new of new jobs and taking on different tasks, and so that worked well to be able to to work for different companies and change change around. I've always enjoyed that about serving. Yeah, you know, I I think that has a lot of positives to it, and and 
you know, people in, in my my generation, I guess I would say, but certainly in my age group and, and even a bit younger than, than my age group, I suppose, there was always this thought, and we saw what our parents did for the most part. And so this thought was you would go to school, you'd get your education, you'd go to work someplace, and you'd be there forever. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and in today's world, I don't think anybody thinks that. I don't think so either, and maybe I would, I think it drove my dad nuts, too, because I was all, maybe I lacked attention or whatever the problem was. <laughs> I, like, I like the diversity of, of changing around and taking on new tasks. I worked with a lady one time, and I was kind of, I was actually kind of complaining about, you know, having to relearn, learn a new program and something, and she looked at me and she said, Amanda, that's the best part about surveying, is you're always learning. There's always something new to do. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so very true, and and uh, and and I I understand the the thoughts of of parents, and of course, with me having children and grandchildren, I guess I still have a little bit of that in me when when uh, one of my kids or um, grandchildren or whatever changes jobs. Um, your instant reaction from being in in my generation is, oh my gosh, and and of course when when I was first coming in and if you were going to change jobs the first thing you hear is well can't you keep a job somewhere <laughs> i mean it was almost like it was right. a horrible thing if you were going to change jobs that you had failed at your other job and and yeah, now that's not true at all no and um i think my dad because when we were working with the blm i'd be gone for two or three months at a time and at that time we had satellite phones but um but you couldn't call you couldn't you couldn't call up your parents every week and let them know you were all right we were working out in remote islands in southeast alaska and so when i came home i think he was pretty relieved and then actually got involved with with the new mexico professional surveyors and they assigned me to the west Fed, and i that's where i met my current husband richard hyren and ended up coming back to alaska for a while and i think it's like that he actually told me, I thought you got Alaska out of your system. <laughs> so he was, he was kind of frustrated again that my life changed so much. So. Yeah, how, how ironic that you were up there working all that time, and then you you came back home, and and, and Richard was representing Alaska on WestFed, and and you met that way <laughs> rather than, than when you were there. That's, that's kind of interesting. but. Uh, yeah. and, and I have to put in a good word. Richard is one of the best people I know. Uh, he's just a great guy. Yeah, we're, I'm very lucky to have him. He's so dedicated to the profession. I know he's. I know he's. He's not still sitting on the Alaska board. I guess he's probably timed out. But no, he's not. Uh, and he just um, he went off as president of Westhead to Nancy from from Nevada is now president. But during his term uh, on the board, I know he got really active with NCWS, and um, and he's one of those guys who kind of stays connected. You know, some people get into something and then they they after whatever tenure they've got goes away, they sort of just fade away from that. But but he's been one of those, and and you know, I have to say, in NSPS, I think we have um, just a wonderful group of people almost all of whom have that same kind of approach. It's They always want to be involved. They don't have to be in an officership or a committee chair or whatever. Right. They just want to be involved right. in the profession f- 
forever, and I think that's great. I know a lot of people think that we old people shouldn't be interested anymore, but, <laughs> but I think, it's, I think no. it's important to keep people involved. For sure, because especially these problems aren't new. I mean, we face challenges throughout our careers, and, and things keep popping up. So you never, they never quite die, and so it's good to, good to have, always good to have that experience around. Yeah, I think serving is one of those professions where the statement, we don't care how y'all used to do it, <laughs> uh, I don't think that really applies because, yeah, no. technology's changed, but those underlying principles just don't. And uh, so, now, did you did you say, was your, I, I missed this, I guess, was your dad connected to surveying or not? No, he wasn't. Um, okay. my, my grandfather had done some surveying in the war, um, World War II, but... He, um, he, like I said, he was a realtor, and he always had problems getting the surveys done for the property he was trying to sell. And he, he did have that foresight into it that if I went into surveying, I would never <laughs> have a problem finding a job, and that's, that's absolutely been the truth, no well, matter where I've been. Comforting yes. to know that he was one of those realtors who actually appreciates surveyors, and, and I shouldn't say <laughs> that because I think, by and large, uh, anybody in the land business, whether it's realtors or attorneys or whoever, actually does appreciate who we are. I don't know that we we grasp that as much as we should because we tend to think they don't. Um, I right. think the biggest issues come because the business that most of them are in uh, when it relates to land, it's always kind of a quick deal. You know, it's like selling That's a house exactly and somebody it. wants to close or you're building something, you have to get going and all those kind of things. And, right. and, of course, our approach is, well, that's all well and good, but it's got to be right first. And, exactly, uh, exactly. So I, I think that's probably where some of those those issues come along, and and uh, hopefully we will be better moving forward as a profession. And, and I think our younger generation probably may kind of get that more than some of us older ones. It, it's so important to have that interaction. Yes, for sure. And actually, um, the Realtors Association in Silver City was one of the first people that stepped forward and got a letter together for us for the for the board um, to consider that how important the land surveying is to them. So it was really great to see all those people come together. Yeah, and and I know some of the outreach stuff we're doing now, we're beginning to see that more and more. Um, there's a group called, uh, and I'm going to get this right. I think it's. Um, Property Records Industry Association, I believe is what it's called, PREA. And I had, I'd had i known them for a while and got to know them through our contact over at ALTA. Um, and we kind of started a dialogue, and then somewhere along the way it got lost a little bit, but just had an opportunity to rekindle that actually through them, that mm. one of their members locally in Kansas was at a conference and approached some surveyors and asked if they would be interested in joining up with a group to have conversations. And then, of course, when they sent that to me, I found out it was the, the local arm of Priya. So it wow. encouraged me to get back in touch with those folks. And I'm actually going to go up and meet with them at their conference in, in Iowa in a few weeks. And But, again, it's just those kind of relationships that we need. Yes, exactly, because we can counter our own profession all we want, but until other people speak up and say how important we are, it, it kind of falls on mute ears, you know. Oh, by the way, when you said you had 21 graduates in your high school class, and I've always <laughs> thought being in the backwoods of Virginia with my class, we actually had 159, which 
That sounds really big. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think two years before us, we only had six graduates. <laughs> so it was, wow. It was a pretty That's pretty thing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing for sure. Well, I know we're about to the end of the first segment. We've got a minute left. So when we come back, I want to get deeply into this a little bit more. But um, I think it's going to be great for our audience to hear your perspective as a person running a business who is also a mom. Because we dads, I don't know why we don't get that, but a lot of times we don't. And it's so different. Uh, and, and you can speak mm-hmm. to that, of course, because um, it, it just is different. And all of us, even thinking back to childhood, you know, we have a, a different relationship with mom and with dad. And um, yeah. so it's, from my perspective, it's got to be. Um, a tougher task to be the mo- the working mom than, than, the, than the working dad. But I'll be interested in hearing what you've got to say about that when we come back because you, you've lived it. You just haven't talked about it. So <laughs> let's, let's go take that first break, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back with Amanda Allred. By the way, I forgot to mention in the first segment that Amanda actually is in Alaska this morning, having just arrived, I guess, a few hours ago. Yeah, about four hours ago. Here. So <laughs> I hope you got lots of sleep on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> we actually didn't do too bad. It was a good trip. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, we before we went to the break, we we were just talking about business and being in business and running a business, and how that's different for a mom uh, from a dad, and 
and even recognizing those differences between the mom and dad situation, I would think being a surveyor and knowing all of the things that go with being a surveyor, which is that it's pretty mm-hmm. much a 24-hour job, <laughs> um, yeah, at, yeah. at least in your head, um, that that's so atypical of even the, the mom-child relationship. And so how do you manage all that? Um, I was I was really blessed. My my grandmother actually took care of my my oldest son while I was oh, I would go do the field work um, during the day, three or four hours during the day, and she would take care of my son. And then um, I would have him in the afternoon, and at night I would actually do all my drafting. So it it worked out really good. Um, I, I I always really enjoyed it. And my oldest son, his name is Olin. He um, Patty Mamola. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but. Patty Mamola, who was the NC's president, always said that we can tell our children what we do all we want, but they don't actually hear us until somebody else talks about it. And so whenever, and I found that absolutely to be the truth, because I would I would take him with me, we would look for corners, we would do different things. But until I became the New Mexico Professional Surveyor's president, I don't think he ever really understood what it was I did. And he was about nine at the time, and I actually took him to a conference with me, and it was when I... I got to introduce everybody and spoke in front of, you know, that many men. And it really, he told me he was proud of me. And, um, and, and I think that was one of the biggest, the biggest, the best parts of my job was to see whenever, whenever he recognized what it was I was doing. And um, he actually really got excited about serving at that point. And we decided to start what we call the Olin Project which David Acosta, who's the current president, has kind of taken over. And what we do is actually bring, I think it's it's 9 to 12-year-olds, and they can be any relation to you. They can be nephews, nieces, um, grandchildren, whatever. And we actually bring them into the conference, and they go around to the different vendors and see the drones and see all everything that's going on. And it has worked so well because actually hearing from somebody else what we as surveyors do is tremendous for those kids because my son never showed an interest in surveying until I took him to that conference and he could see all the gadgets and all the cool stuff that was going on and then he really had an appreciation for it. So um, so it's kind of led into something bigger and I'm really proud that David has taken that over and I think this, this was the second year we did it and we're going to keep continuing to do that in New Mexico. So is it a program where... Um anybody can bring a child into it um or you pick a particular child each year or is it it's i guess it's open to everybody perhaps maybe it's open to everybody whenever you register for the conference um it's on the conference form and um you give the child's age and and their name and then um saturday morning we bring them all in and they come in as a group and they sit down and talk to them and then we take them to the various vendors, and they get a name badge. It's, it's basically they get to attend the conference just like we would and um, get to do all the fun side of it, talk to the vendors, and they win prizes. And they actually sat, sit down with them and show them what surveying is all about. And it, it's just been tremendous for us as, as parents to get our children involved in a different way, to let other professionals talk to them, because that's what really opened my eyes when Owen was there. No matter, I spent years talking to him about what I had done. And it was just boring to him until we went there, and he got to see it for himself at a different perspective from somebody else telling him what it was all about. And it just, 
it made a huge difference in how he thought about serving. So it, it's been an incredible program. People have brought their children and their grandchildren and their nieces and nephews. You just have to be registered to the conference, and then you can bring bring whoever you like, as long as they're 9 to 12. So. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. It's 9 to 12 group. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that is so interesting that, that you mentioned that, because I, I didn't know about the project. And is Now, you said Olin. Is it spelled with an E or an I? An A O L A N, the Olin project. Oh, O L O L A N. I asked that question because one of my best friends in school, from grade school all the way through, and I just saw him at my fiftieth reunion for the first time in a long time. <laughs> His name was Olin, but it was spelled O L E N. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of this, a Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, um, actually, in the area where I grew up. I could probably name at least half a dozen or ten people with that name in a pretty small oh, wow. community. So yeah. it's sort of, it and, an and it's spelled differently. Some's L A N, some's L E N, some's L I N, and it's kind of all over the place. But what a great project that nobody knows about. I, we, we need to really um, share this information because, um, it, you know that you know the future surveying task force that we got going on. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the things that came out of the last meeting, when we were talking about okay, how are we going to go about this, and who's going to be our champions and whatever, and and one of the people came up with the with the with the line, "Surveyors save thyself." Um, mm-hmm. Basically, saying nobody's going to do this for us. Somehow, we're going to have to get it going and obviously you got to have help in all different ways but i guess the bottom line is if nobody if we don't show people we really care then why should they care and yeah yeah exactly and this idea and that was, that, uh, no go ahead go ahead and that was patty's point that um we we can't show our children what they do what we do as our mothers for some reason i don't know why they just don't have a good way to listen to us even if parents or adults and forcing them into something has never really worked for me and so doing that on the on the reverse side of it, it was just it was totally amazing because a lot of our children are there with us at the conference anyway with our wives or husbands and so why not bring them in for a few hours you know and, and blow their socks off yeah that's just so amazing and as you were talking about that this the thought came into my head that all the angst we have about how are we going to recruit the next generation. You know, we've got this whole workforce development thing going. Uh, we're really concerned about how we're going to get the people in college, where they're going to come from, how are we going to reach out to them. And we fail to realize that they were right there in front of us all along. Right, right. And surveying is such a neat, a neat profession with all the 3D modeling and the drones. And, I mean, and that, that is just it's such an influential age to get girls and boys in there. And actually, there's been as many girls, I think, as there has been boys, and they're just so enthusiastic about it. It's just it's incredible to see. And you're right. That is such a great age because oftentimes if you wait till they're high schoolers or, or nearing the end of high school, something else has caught their attention. And that doesn't mean it's impossible, but that age group that you're talking about, you know, they're right on the cusp of having their eyes open to everything. And yeah. Great yeah. time to, to introduce it to them. That's just, that's pretty amazing, I think. So we need to have a further conversation about this <laughs> and, okay. and uh, get information about how you guys are doing it and 
we can we should do an article about it in the newsletter. We can do all kinds of different things, but I just think that's a fantastic opportunity that, for some reason or other, as far as I know, most of us have failed to even think about in terms of recruiting at home, so to speak. Yeah, and it and it just kind of fell in my lap because actually one of the other one of the professors at New Mexico State. Um, he spent a lot of time with my son, walking around with him, and um, and he would just it would and he had spoken about how it would be neat if he could get his own son there. And I was like, well, why can't we do that? I mean, why we have all these kids that are probably sitting in a motel room somewhere that need to be brought in here? You know, what a great what a great what a great double way of getting them in when, if they're already there. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then who knows? Maybe they go back to school and tell their friends and. <laughs> Next yeah, year, they want to bring yeah. somebody with them, you know. <laughs> for, sure, but th- for sure. That is really a great opportunity, and, and um, I just, I, I'm so excited about the thought of it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing <laughs> to me that, that uh, I guess I'm sitting here saying to myself, why didn't we think this already? It's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah. that's, that's absolutely wonderful to, to know. Well, I, I got a little off track of the whole mom thing. I don't know if you want to cover any more of that or not, but I just got so enthusiastic about the program that uh, <laughs> I took us in that direction. Yeah. But but I know there are special challenges that, that you have. You know, and I, I guess I've never really thought about it very much because it's just been the way it's been. And surfing's always been very good to me because of that. I actually got a huge contract with a mining group out of Australia to stake a bunch of mining claims. And... Um, and it was the same thing. They were they're actually on such a different timetable as far as the world clock goes that I could work at night and be on the phone with them and get all my paperwork done at night and send all the paperwork out with the crews the next day and still have plenty of time to be with my son to get him ready to go to school and pick him up from school and do all these things. It's just serving has been a blessing to me in that realm that it it's been flexible enough that I could still spend a lot of time with my kids, but I I made plenty of money that I never felt financially constrained that it was it was difficult to take care of them. So it's it's been it's been it's been a blessing to me all the way around. I've I've never I've never regretted my dad pushing me in that direction by any means because you you think about all these millennials that are having a hard time finding a job and you even hear about civil engineers that are almost a dime a dozen and when you come out of college you have a job. There's, you have multiple opportunities to find something. You don't even have to look almost. I mean, you can just stumble into something. And, and I've never regretted it for that, for that part of it because I, cannot, I, can't, I can't relate to those people that have a hard time finding a job. And, and that's a good thing to take for granted, you know. Oh, yeah. So were the school experiences going from one school in New Mexico and then in Alaska, were they similar or different or... They were completely different, and that's where I first learned about GIS was the University of Alaska at Anchorage, and um, it makes me so, I got so excited about it because um, it was a completely different track of school, and I think I really got the best of two different types of education, but what they do at the University of Alaska at Anchorage is they have a geomatics program, and the GIS follows flows under that, too. So you can either take a GIS track and get a bachelor's degree in GIS, or you can get a bachelor's degree in the geomatic surveying. And they found that they can actually 
take students from the GIS side into the surveying side because they came into the university interested in GIS and mapping, but then they learned about surveying because as part of their degree requirement, they have to take surveying courses and learn about boundary law and learn about Absolutely. the things they can't do as GIS well, we, people. We need to go to break. I'd like to pick up on that a little bit when we come back to talk about that diversity some. So let's, let's go to break. We'll be back. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Amanda, before we went to break, we were talking about um, diversity of programs and inter- intermingling, if you will, among the geospatial scientists in the, in the educational arena. Um, and and that, that is so critical, I think, in today's world, that having, having that diverse perspective on everything that's going on in our world uh, rather than no this is what I do and I'm not doing anything else yeah, uh, yeah exactly and so um, I maybe want to follow up a little bit more with, with what was going on in the program there but that's kind of a good segue too to talk about the the meeting that you guys had last Friday and and the program at uh, New Mexico State yeah because um Serving engineering program has actually been slated for cutting as New Mexico is having a $12 million shortfall at the university. And we're really, obviously, really concerned because so many programs are being cut around the nation. And I think there was about 10 or 12 of us that came in to talk to the new dean of engineering, Dr. Reddy, at New Mexico State. And the main the main thing that came out of that meeting, I think, was that we have to change. We have to change who we say we are, because surveying engineering, you don't get out of that that you work with drones. You don't get out of that that there's GIS involved. You don't get out of that the, the any of the other mapping stuff. And what we'd actually talked to them a lot about was how to rebrand ourselves and how to, how to really market surveying, because he totally agreed that 
if we don't if we don't change that these things are going to go away because surveyors have not been the best at at marketing themselves unfortunately and hopefully with some endowments and some other stuff and the support of the NSPS members and everybody around the country we can we can work to save that program and to pump some new life into it because Dr. Reddy said he had got his PhD at the Ohio State University and they changed that program 20 years ago. They um, they actually went down the same track. And if we had done this 20 years ago at Mexico State, we might not be in this in this predicament. But we're there now, and hopefully we can actually take it as an opportunity to incorporate some geography and some mapping and some other people that don't even know about surveying that maybe just show up for the GIS side of it, learn about surveying, and end up being in that program. Um, and like I mentioned, the University of Anchorage they actually have around 80 students, and they're flourishing because this is the track that they've gone down. And when you go to the, the conference in Alaska, you actually have all these GIS professionals taking their cl classes, too, because the surveyors are required to take GIS classes at the university and vice versa. You actually have a lot of GIS professionals that respect surveying and that know their boundaries because we're the ones teaching them that you can't cross a line there, that if you need some really accurate data, you better hire a surveyor. And so what a, I can't imagine a better way of, of marketing ourselves and teaching others about what we do than to actually have them fall under our umbrella as geomatics and geomaticians. So, so do you think, the, and, and I know I'm not asking you to... to go out on any limbs or anything, but just based on those conversations and other people's perspectives, do you get the sense that part of our marketing strategy is that we redefine what surveying is in people's minds, or we exactly. broaden, do we broaden to a different definition that includes surveying? You know, and, and maybe a little bit of both. I'm not sure why we have to just do exactly one or the other. I think I think both of those, because people, so many people don't know what we do, but uh, the definition is so broad of what we do. So I think we we really got to do both at that. Um, it, you can't hardly exist in the world without needing a surveyor. And there was actually a TED talk that Richard shared with me, and it talks about what people in impoverished nations need. And the one thing that they mentioned, it wasn't food, it wasn't mosquito nets, it wasn't any of that. They actually wanted a land tenure system to show that whenever they put effort into their property, they build a home, they put a farm in, that they have a way of protecting those rights and that it is theirs. And that was the most important thing to them, which is astounding to me because we never would think of that in a Western society because we take it for granted. You know, we pay our taxes and, and we know where our property is at. Nobody's going to walk in and just say, "Hey, I'm going to take your house." But in those in those developing countries, what a what a huge deal it is to need a surveyor and to have some sort of system to protect our property. And um, and I think as Americans, we take that for granted, and we're a lot more respected throughout the world. And to remember those things is is key in our to remember where we came from, but also to remember where we're going, because without us, the world the world would be in a in a dreadful spot, you know, without even knowing how to protect our property rights, which I found was really interesting whenever I was looking at NSPS's website that actually NASA defined 
surveyors is one of the top careers needed for their mission to Mars. And it's, it's just, it's amazing how all these things come together that we're one of the world's oldest professions, but we're still, we're still needed and we're still so vital and important to society. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting thing. I, I don't, I think maybe Rick Price in Florida sent me that initial poster. Um, but I, 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 just like you, I thought it was so interesting that among the handful, and I don't remember exactly how many there were, but there were a handful, maybe two hands full, of necessary components for uh, exploration and, and even settlements on Mars, and I know that's far thinking. Yeah. But it was really interesting that among those, and prominent among those, was, was surveyors. Yeah, it really is. And I guess it's just been so long in, in the world we live in here in the United States since that same kind of uh, spirit was out there. I guess maybe the work you were doing in Alaska was similar to that because it probably about the last U.S. frontier that that still <laughs> is in that situation. Yeah, and I think that's why I love the western state so much because there is there is still that feeling. I mean, they're still serving parts of Alaska to get title to, to state lands that are still being distributed to the state. And to see to see deeds that are actually, you know, pat, land patents that are dated a year ago is just, it's mind-blowing to me when you work in New Mexico and they're all, you know, 100 years old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, there's an interesting conversation going on right now with um, some folks in the D, that's what the D, DNR or DNR or something like that in Alaska and BLM mm-hmm. about how the the new lands are going to be defined and and with an approach BLM has proposed to change that dynamic to use more coordinate base than uh, and fewer monuments and i'm not really sure yeah. how how that works for all the folks in 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 Alaska <laughs> i do know that there are challenges there um that we don't necessarily face here with regard to gps you know and unfortunately it's like this thing in new mexico state it always comes down to money because Setting yeah. monuments in the ground is expensive, but what do we do as surveyors without monuments in the ground? You know, that, that monument is sacred, and I, I don't think we can ever get away from not holding that monument as sacred. So. Yeah, and, and I, I, I get the sense that there's no, no idea from BLM that, that monuments go away. I think it's more about the setting the initial type points and maybe not setting them as as frequently or as as um, intensely as as in the past in in marking out the new lands, you know. It was, yeah, and they already um, they already loosened that up a lot because serving in Alaska is different. I think they went to the quarter mile or even mile monuments, and now they're proposing going to six mile monuments. And and as we all know, you can tell where I fall in this <laughs> this debate. <laughs> um, I, if it's about money, I don't think we should. We should skimp out because the 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 repercussions of being cheap in the long run you can't grow from from Arizona actually gave a great comment about that that it it has a snowball effect and being cheap now isn't a good way to take care of our future you know right and and the biggest challenge that I I perceive and of course I'm not tied to it in any way other than just knowing it's going on but was just the the fact that a coordinate is a number, and there's lots of different ways to get to a number that may not be exactly. really intended to be. And Especially I know that's with simple, time. 
Yeah, and time differences and the way the GPS works. And, and Alaska moves a lot. We have, up here, we have so many earthquakes, and it's just, it's amazing all the seismic activity that goes on up here. And you're talking year, year to year, you can almost be feet out in places, you know. So I don't, I don't think we can ever get away from the monuments. They're, after working for the BLM and for myself in private practice for so long, those things are just really sacred to me as a surveyor. Yeah, I think they are are to all of us, of course, because that's you know, that, that's what we live for, so to speak. Yeah, um, and exactly. I, I, I think it's hard to grasp being from wherever settled settled properties uh, in the eastern part of the country or the western part of the country. It's hard to um, grasp in your mind the enormity of the land that's still in Alaska that's totally undeveloped and and even uninhabited to a large degree. And I I think that's part of understanding the challenge is just trying to get your head around just how big we're talking about. Exactly. And where most of the money goes to for those surveying projects is actually getting crews out to those places and setting the corners because... You're talking about getting a, a small plane. You might fly four hours on a commercial plane out to Nome, and then you have to get another small plane just to get to whatever village site or wherever the state land is. And and that's where a lot of this money goes, is just getting to those places. Because when I worked for the BLM, we had three helicopters on call, and we were working in um, Denali National Park, and we flew every single day setting corners and setting monuments. And at that time, it was, we were actually setting corners and not running the line between them. We were using GPS, and that was really controversial at that time because the state was taking ownership of these lands without line being cut between these corners, and so you just kind of had corners out there, which was something totally different than they hadn't done before. And um, so it's, it's an interesting... Alaska poses really interesting challenges, and to go back and forth between New Mexico, where my heart is and my home is, and up here, it's just it's so fun to me to have that opportunity to do that. And running businesses out of both states it's just been a really blessing for me and my my children to get to see such different places. Oh, absolutely! And Richard's been there a while, hasn't he? He has. He's been here almost over thirty years. And so, um, when and we have a little bit of an age difference, obviously. But I think what really brought us together is our love of surveying. And my dad, my dad was even on my case a little bit about traveling too much and that I needed to settle down. And, and I was trying to explain to him that Richard and I's passion for this profession and the groups we work with, whether it's WestFed or within SPS now, for me, it's like going home every time you go to a meeting, even if you're in Ohio or Kansas City or Phoenix in October, you see the same people and you care about the same things. And it's, so rewarding to work with and pa- with passionate, enthusiastic, and good people, no matter where they come from across the country. Yeah, I just that's I so love true. surveyors. We, we need to go to break. We'll come back in just a couple of minutes. Attention surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Obamacare is failing. 
We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As we were going to, to break, I mean, you were talking about just the whole um, concept of the interaction with people from all the other places around the country, and and I, I find the same thing. I, I was mentioning in the break that's that's what keeps me young in spirit. I, my, my body keeps getting older, but <laughs> but I don't feel that way just because there's so many great, wonderful, interesting people out there to be engaged with. At, at, in any way, you know, whether it's being concerned about the school that we were all talking about last week and we'll continue to talk about, or if it's talking about high adventure going to Alaska, or what, it's just so many things out there to talk about with with people who are so interesting to talk to, because surveyors are interesting people. I, <laughs> sometimes sure. people miss that, I think, that, yeah. that we are. You know, another thing I think that, that you're fully aware of, and, and you've mentioned before, is the concept of mentoring as a surveyor is just, I don't know, I, 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 this is sacrilegious to, to equate these two things, but the satisfaction that my father, the minister, must have had when he was <laughs> helping other people understand uh, the religious side of things, I kind of feel that same sort of, of of joy in being able to communicate with other surveyors and help young people uh, come Absolutely. into the profession. Yeah, and I haven't... I, 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 like I mentioned, I've been doing this for about 20 years now, and I've, I've been so fortunate to mentor a few people and actually graduates of New Mexico State. And, and you mentioned what what the young people get out of it, but I've actually, I found too that I have gained so much from from taking that on as well. Um, a young man that w- came to work for me when I was working for a big engineering company, I we had some problems with where our office was, and we had phone issues, and we had all this stuff, and we were making that company a lot of money. We were actually bankrolling them pretty much, but we our office was in a was in a shack pretty much, and so. I wrote an email and said all these things about all the problems we had and all these reasons we needed to change, and I sent it to him, and I said, well, what do you think? And he, and he told me, well, Amanda, he said, you know, you've got a, you've got a lot of good reasons here, but without, without a solution, this is kind of pointless, you know? And I will, always, I will always thank him for that because without a solution, all the, 
all the complaining and crying in the world is, is just that. It's just complaining and crying. And you've got to come up with a solution. And um, I have always held on to that from him. And um, it's just been such a blessing to see where young people come from and then to see them pass it on, too, to somebody else. That's just, it's just an amazing, amazing turnaround in surveying that we actually, we get that from each other. And without and that, I think working alone is, is, is really sad to me because there's so many great people out there. Yeah. I know one of the things that's, that is so uh, interesting and encouraging to me is as I deal with, with surveyors, whether they're really young or whether they just look young to me, but generally <laughs> yeah. speaking, younger younger people who are coming out of college you know, in the last several years, um, it's almost like they they go into the world with no fear. You know, they uh-huh. yeah. they don't necessarily, and I'm sure they have anxieties like everybody else does. But you know, in, in my generation, we were so we were so indoctrinated about failure. You can't fail. So I think sometimes mm-hmm. that that tends to make people be less adventurous or willing to un- undertake new ideas and new thoughts. And I see these young kids coming out of college and starting their businesses and. They don't have any fear at all. They're willing to do whatever needs to be done with whatever piece of equipment it needs to get it done, and and they start to build really, really successful businesses, and that is so rewarding. It is, and it's amazing because I haven't been able to get into the whole drone thing, but like I mentioned, David Acosta and his serving business, that's exactly what they're doing. They're coming up with these amazing projects and doing office surveys and topo surveys, utilizing the drones, and without fear. I mean, I'm sure they have some internal fear and anxiety, but but those millennials are just, they're they're amazing to me in that fact that they're not afraid of failing because if you fail once, you just try again, you know? And um, even as a Gen Xer, you you have a little bit of fear instilled in that, but that's kind of been my mantra is if somebody asked me to do something, like whenever they approached me to be the president, I would always just say yes and then think about it later because I, my mindset was I wasn't going to get anywhere in this profession or help anybody nationally or even with the state as far as New Mexico was concerned without just saying yes and jumping in. And then actually when they asked me about being president, I turned to the guy next to me and I was like, what is he talking about? I'm not even sure what I agreed to. So, it, um, but it served yeah, me well. Things, one of the things I think about with, with the younger group is that They've kind of grown up in a world where you try stuff, and if it doesn't work, you just kind of hit the reset button, and <laughs> and, right. and and that then it's okay, you know. When we're <laughs> some of us older ones, if you, if you tried something that didn't work, it looks like a long path to get to go back and start all over <laughs> again. Where now they don't think about it that way. It's just okay. That game didn't work, so let's you know let's reset and go again. And and I think the exposure to that kind of thinking has been instrumental in helping them be more adventurous in their businesses. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um and with New Mexico that that's the thing that we're hoping to do to work with the dean and um the chancellor there and to and to remarket ourselves and take this as an opportunity, not as a failure on anybody's part because that that university has put out some great students including myself, I hope I fall within that group. And the, the work of those professors there cannot be, I, I cannot say enough for the good things that they did there. Dr. Riley and Dr. Frank and Burkholder and Kurt Worm, all of those guys have put their hearts and souls into that program, and we don't want to see it go away. 
and that's why I don't want to take any of this as a criticism on any of their parts. I, I so appreciate what those gentlemen did for so many years there, and that's why we were so impassioned about not letting it die. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet if you ask any one of them if if changing things up a little bit, incorporating or in, in engaging with other related work, I, I'd almost be willing to bet none of them would say, no, don't do that. <laughs> Right, right. I think they'd be the and kind of almost, people that say, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and um, and these aren't things that we just thought of on our own. I'm sure they've tried these things, but when you're up against, when you're back in the corner and we've got no other options, hopefully the other departments will be interested in, you know, in working together and doing these things together because that's what we have to do as surveyors. Um, despite everything else, our political views or anything else, when it comes down to it, we're surveyors, and we're responsible for our future, and we all need to work together to ensure that that's still there for our kids, you know. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're, it's just necessary for for civilization, like you were talking about earlier, you know, in, in developing countries. <laughs> they recognize how important it is, and, and certainly it's still important here. You know, one of the things that you, you sent in the information we were sharing back and forth was your passion for mineral surveying. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, and I actually kind of fell into it accidentally. Um, working in Silver City, obviously Silver City, it was a mining town, and and we ended up working, uh, doing a lot of contracts for a big mining company. It was it was Freeport, McMoran, and what we did was we traced a lot of their old mineral surveys. And at the time I started doing these, when they were you know first surveyed in the late 1880s or actually done in the early 1900s, I thought, we are never going to find these corners. They were so <laughs> long gone. People wiped them out. This is never going to happen. And every time we went out there, it was more unusual not to find a corner than it was to find one. And there were stones, and it just it really turned into a really neat passion. And then I got to stake out new mineral surveys. And, and actually, I married one of the last mineral surveyors that left, and I just... I think it's just such a connection to the earth and who we are that it it's just so interesting to me that those were some of the first men that were out there, the, the miners. And it's just it's really neat to look back at the history and to still see those corners there. It's been it's been a really fun challenge in my career to get to do those things with the yeah, mineral serving. And that's so true. Uh, all over the place, whether it's mineral or land boundaries, or you look back through history and you get to trace back surveys and you know I, I actually was fortunate enough to work on a couple of surveys that originally had been done or at one point done by George Washington you know so you wow. you think of you think about you know following those footsteps but but going back and finding information and you know maybe maybe surveying just becomes a a a more accurate version of geocaching you know, you're, you're, maybe <laughs> yeah. your cache is finding the property corner or the mineral boundary or whatever the case may be. Um, and, yeah. But again, that that I think just points out some of the things you've been saying today, which is let's refocus what we what we tell people about who we are and what we do, and and not that anything we've ever done is bad. It's great. It's fantastic. But we're talking to a different group of people now. Exactly, exactly, and we gotta we got to take the shiny, new, um, exciting approach to it, you know, to sell ourselves, and it's so important, I think, as people know across the country, and I'm preaching to the choir here, that we keep that 
four-year degree in New Mexico because Arizona doesn't have a program, and they're trying their, their hearts out to get one going up there, and Colorado losing their program. And I got to talk to Jay Bhutan out of Colorado, and he has 78 employees, 78 employees. And he sent that letter before we ever got to New Mexico State. And, man, did that, that catch Dr. Reddy's eye. A surveyor that employs 78 employees, that's not what we think of as surveyors. We think of a guy sitting in an office, you know, downtown by himself. And that's right. not what surveying is anymore. And it's just it's so impressive to see that we employ so many people, and the, the path to licensure goes straight through that four-year degree requirement. It's not... Maybe it's not, maybe everybody doesn't need to do that, but it is so important that that, that basis in New Mexico continues and that we continue to have that, not only for ourselves, but surrounding universities and states that don't yeah, have one, that. Program. I think one thing that's really clear now is if you're going to be a, a full-service, comprehensive surveyor in today's world, you can't achieve that otherwise, you know, if... if Exactly. Perhaps if you were going to be a, a, a boundary retracement kind of person and that's all you wanted to do, maybe maybe there's a, a place for that without all of that uh, instruction. But otherwise, you, you're going to have to have it. Yeah, and that was the other key that doctor we talked to Dr. Reddy about, is there's going to have to. Unfortunately, it always comes down to money, and um, we're going to be really looking for help across the country if um, for some endowments and some some other things to keep that program going because otherwise otherwise it's just going to be another great institution that gets washed away, which would be tragic in a lot of our Aggie eyes. Yeah, well, and, and it would be tragic for the profession because, as you said, it, it serves a, a really big area there, and like so many do. And when, believe it or not, we are 20 seconds away from the end of our show today. So before we get away, I want to make sure I thank you for being with me and thank Richard for allowing you to be with me. Not that he has to approve it, but, but I know that it was a <laughs> tough trip for you guys. And, and be sure to give him my best. But thanks so much for being with me today. It's been a great conversation, and we do need to follow up on the Olin Project. All right, great. And he did mention you like to sing, sir. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, I like to. Nobody else likes to listen, though. So you guys have a great time while you're in Alaska, and we'll talk to you soon. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.